I'm Will Hedrick. And I'm Jordan Schaffer. And this is Dog Ears and Timestamps, a Witcher podcast. Coronavirus Watch. Coronavirus Watch, Witcher podcast 2020 election year. It's a big podcast. Leap year. Yeah, it's a big podcast. Mm-hmm. How was your leap year? Um, Did it was actually it? really cool. I was yeah. off. Nice. Um, well, I wasn't like super off. I had to cover at another store early in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I went and helped Kenneth pick out a suit for a wedding that we're going to at the end of the week. And then we went downtown and hung out. And then we went back to his house and hung out and uh, drank too much. Cool. It was great. Was it on uh, Saturday? I can't remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. That's what I thought. Nice. Yeah. I don't think I I did anything. I just... uh, You had work and... Yeah, worked and... Worked and then I was off. Nice. Yeah, dude. I slept like all day Sunday. So that was nice. Just relaxed, There you go. Yeah. Slept and cleaned and, you know, Witcher today. Nice. Yeah. Um, dude, things have been good with The Witcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I kind of forgot where we left off, but because uh, especially because we started off with a new character and how crazy she loves her bow, <laughs> how much she loves her bow. It was right, just like a yeah. lot about a bow in the beginning, which was cool because then, you know, uh, every little detail made, made it a little bit more. Um, it felt like maybe the, uh, the author went bow hunting or at least did some research on it or whatever or at mm-hmm. least thought through what things must be like because right. uh he definitely he definitely knew some stuff that was was pretty interesting especially yeah. like with the uh with the arrow coded into the different types of blood from the different wounds mm-hmm. which uh you know i mean i've only ever seen one one uh like bow kill live you know but um it was through the heart and it was exactly like they said just covered in this dark red blood right was like yeah. splatters uh, real close by and then uh you know probably 20 20 paces from uh <laughs> <laughs> right 20, 20 like yards or so from like where we uh uh where it was shot you know um mm-hmm. there it was but uh i don't know i hadn't had any experience with like those like lung shots or the the gut shots like he was saying i mean it makes sense that it might be covered in like a, a bile you know rather than <laughs> just a a pure um dark mm-hmm. red blood or or a little bit like um like the foamy foamy uh um uh, less red. I don't. I don't think it's a white, but like the foamy blood of like a, yeah of the of a lung shot. You know, mm-hmm. um, all fatal, obviously, but uh, some some more immediate than the others, I guess. You know, right? And, uh, yeah. I don't know. That was just really interesting for me. Um, I mean, obviously, this character has Geralt fever. It's a female and uh, doing something hot like archery or <laughs> <laughs> or right. sorcery. You know, that's yeah. pretty cool. Both of those are cool. Does he get any more ladies? I'm trying to think. Uh, on so far as we've gone in this section of the book, no. Yeah, it's just uh, she's the only. Well, uh, I mean, just in in his life as we know it, you know, it's just been sorceresses, sorce, sorceresses. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and then this huntress. Well, no. Well, also uh, Renfrey, the former princess that Stregobor wants him to kill. Remember, mm, and then I had forgotten. It was like her. the first episode of the uh, show. Yeah, um, I had forgotten her, and then. There's also that uh, scholar in Oxenfurt that he's hanging out with, and then Dandelion crawls through the window and is like, "Hey, I found you." And uh, there's probably you know others. Oh yeah, and know, that so. uh, yeah that uh, that nun, right? Wasn't he with like this nun during the entire oh. book? <laughs> the second book that we read? <laughs> yeah, she was one of the like uh, the trainees at yeah. the church of melatel or yeah, whatever yeah. um so okay, well, i take yeah. it back but just you know, <laughs> women of note right yeah and uh, 
don't know. I like her so far. We haven't gotten Yennefer back, which is who I really want to see. But Right, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I figure, you know, at this point, we're halfway through the book. It wouldn't surprise me if we don't see Yennefer until the end. Uh, would which, it surprise would, you if we didn't see her at all? No, it wouldn't surprise me that much either. I'd be a little um, surprised, I think, if we didn't see her even a little bit. Like, you just mm-hmm. left us on the cliffhanger of what happened to Yennefer from right. the last. I think that... And certainly with the way that it's going, because at this point we've left off with Geralt and Dandelion being in captivity by the uh, Temerian army by proxy of the Centrin, you know, uh, refugee army. Sentenced to die. Yeah. (laughs) And so, you know, obviously, how do they get out of that? Who is it that kind of rescues them? It's probably going to be like, you know, Nilfgaard comes Uh, and starts another attack. They freed from the, uh, the casket. Oh, the the non Nilfgaardian Nilfgaardian that we got his name later, the, right? Was yeah, it? it's a it's it's a difficult name because everybody really Q from, or something, doesn't it? Like something. That's really part weird. of it is Q. It's a really long name that he says a few times. Um, but the uh, yeah, we're, at this point we're led to believe that he's dead, but I don't think that he actually is because that would be way too like boring. Yeah, I mean, the, isn't he? Wasn't he following them? Or yeah, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Why but were we led to believe he did? Because we saw his horse walk by the party and it was covered in blood. Oh, I guess I didn't realize. I didn't mm-hmm. put those two together. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw the horse go by and I was like, oh, that's a gross. Right. A gross so, scene. yeah, we're, we're supposed to, you know, be being led to believe that he's dead at this point, which, I mean, he may be. Um, it would be interesting for him to be dead because uh, I don't think he's, while he's not that important of a character, his existence and his circumstances are important because yeah. if Geralt would just think for a second, he would realize that he's wanted by Nilfgaard because he knows that Ciri is not captured and in Nilfgaard. Mm-hmm. So he's a loose end. And so, like, it doesn't take very much to figure that out. And Geralt, but Geralt's just such a fucking idiot whenever it comes to, you know, this is the important time for you to not be stupid. He's always stupid in that moment. Well, yeah, he's not, <laughs> he's not a mystery solver. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> No, that is, uh, yeah, when you put it like that, I don't know how I didn't think it was easier. And so it would be <laughs> weird for him to now be dead because that is the importance right. of that character. And for him to just die off screen so easily yeah. and without any of our characters having gained anything from him. Mm-hmm. After having run into him and recognizing who he is, it wouldn't right. make any sense for him to actually be dead. Yeah, I mean, he does kind of owe The Witcher like two blood like life death, death you know so you, <laughs> right you basically think maybe, that's uh, probably part of why he thinks he has to follow him and yeah. like help him and uh to maybe finally capture siri i'm just kidding <laughs> right <laughs> like his original mission wasn't that like his original thing to, to yeah that was, okay, yeah, that was yeah that was to bring siri back to nilfgaard uh and so now he's now that he's him. wanted by Nilfgaard and would be you know killed by Nilfgaard, he probably is you know effectively a deserter might as well be because He's dead otherwise. So, you know, is that even desertion at that point? And then, uh, it, it, you know, it, it, he says that he's not a Nilfgaardian, that he's from a specific place that just is a protectorate of Nilfgaard. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's, you know, doesn't necessarily have any like whatever you call it, like, you know, countrymanship to stay loyal to Nilfgaard. He just had no okay. choice, I guess, previously. Yeah. Um, can't help where you're born, I guess. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Giving him like this sad vaccine. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So I, I kind of honestly, I hope that that that's exactly what happens. Like I hope he comes in and like whether he like fully saves them or just like gives them a key. To, you know, right. I, I, I hope he like does that. something. You know. He. 
to kind of redeem the, his character a yeah. little bit. We've left him alive too many times. Probably the most likely and easiest thing is that the rest of the party stages some sort of rescue. Mm-hmm. The dwarves and Milva, uh, you know, the ones that they haven't gotten back yeah, I guess, with. I guess they're not caught yet. N- yeah. So they're, they're somewhere and, you know, presumably okay and, you know. Yeah, I guess I don't know why I didn't think that they weren't. Whatever happens to Geralt happens to everyone in my mind. Pretty much, yeah, right. <laughs> the uh, dwarf that they're with, um, Zoltan, yeah, I really like him. Is the one from the games that I was talking about oh, cool. that is a recurring character in the game. Um, last time that we were covering The Witcher, I couldn't remember his name at that time, but the, the second we ran into, he's like, "I'm Zoltan," and I was like, "Oh, you're the one." Do you like him in the game? Yeah, he's funny. He's yeah. cool. He's I like him in this. Pretty standard dwarf. Yeah, I think most dwarves in most fantasy worlds end up being just standard dwarf. And that's why we have the term, well, not that it's like a popular term, I'm just using it multiple times right now, but that's why the, the term standard dwarf would exist if it does exist is because they're all the fucking same. <laughs> they're all just like loud and rude and funny, but loyal. And you know, it's like all and the they, same things every single time. They all have a soft spot for somebody. Like uh, he gave that, didn't he give uh, the girl like a diamond? Well, the gnome did. Oh, my bad. It was in the gnome was I like totally turned. I think I think Zoltan was like, "Hey, don't you have something, Percival?" Oh, gotcha. And okay, Percival that... was like, "Yeah, I think I do." Ah, oh, here. And it's just uh, another rock to them. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what it seems like because they had like a different word for rubies and in, in sapphires and stuff. Well, they have we all like the scientific were... words, right? And, and they were using them in much mm-hmm. more like scientific ways than just like cutting them to make them look nice. Yeah, so they're that, not, was, that was interesting. They're not, yeah, they're not like just a hundred percent gemstones. Yeah, you know, I like I like that he kind of goes into the uh, by by he I, I mean like the author he goes into a little bit of <clears throat> a little bit more like dwarf dwarf lore. <laughs> Sorry, that was hard to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we get a whole lot of that in uh, many other books. You know, I feel like they yeah. tried like in Aragon we got like a taste, but really it didn't it didn't help. And like the little bit, I mean, I guess I never read Lord of the Rings, but like the. Uh, yeah, I guess there's a lot in The Hobbit, huh? Mm-hmm. Like in the backstory for that. It really depends on if it, you know, if it's a, a decently written, you know, series or story or whatever. It only would come up in the time that it would make sense to come up. Yeah. And like we we're getting some of it in this section because we're spending multiple chapters just on the road with dwarves. Mm-hmm. And what are they going to do if not just talk about things? Right. And and it was talking about how, like, the, the cards were so sophisticated, like, much mm-hmm. more so than human cards. The games were much more complicated. Right, yeah. We got, like, a whole section where they were playing a game. And when you're listening to it, it makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like it was, it was just poker with a couple of additional or less or just different rules, um, mm. the way that I understood it. Not like Egyptian but, rat screw. No. Slap. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, in Aragon, the time that we really spend any time learning about dwarven culture is whenever he's spending time at the, like, the priest city, the ones with all the purple robes, and then they spit at him because they don't think that they want the next dragon rider to be a dwarf or, you know, whatever. Yeah. They're all religious and shit. Um, and his buddy's like, oh, these guys are fucking fanatics. We don't have to deal with them. And- yeah, I think because he was, he was like technically related by like honor. He, he was, was yeah, like he was made like a dwarf the, brother or something like that. By like he, that, either the one he hung out with or the old king that died in the battle. I can't remember. Yeah, something like that. He was named and, uh, like, you know, an honorary clansman or something like yeah, that. And Dirk so, Ripsed and Genum. 
Yeah. <laughs> so he had to, as a part of now being part of the clans, uh, he was honor bound to learn about the clan. You yeah, know? that's true. And there was there was quite a bit when that was literally what he was trying to to, mm-hmm. to get across. Like, the, here's some dwarf history. Right. And then I think that uh, to further serve the greater narrative, uh, Christopher Paolini also wanted Aragon to have an education in all the different races mm-hmm. because he's the next first, or he's the you know the first next generation of dragon rider that's supposed to save the realm or whatever and so he's got to lead the dragon riders and he should know how to work with dwarves and elves and humans and and he lets the 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 or not their orcs but the what do they call them urgles he lets the urgles in and all that so you know as far as the greater narrative goes we have to see him learn about the other cultures because he's gonna have to you know it's just star wars on you know with dragons (laughs) What? <laughs> like how Luke has to start the new generation of Jedi and how he was trained by uh, a, a random guy that lived in town nearby who happened to be the last Jedi. You know what I mean? There are a lot of similarities. I'm not giving it oh, justice, okay. but there's a <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, big like, story beats. Yeah, uncle. there's a ton that's the same between uh, Aragon and Star Wars as a whole. I was confused because I was like, but Luke doesn't know, suddenly I mean, <laughs> go to like Twi'lek school or anything like that. No, and they're not, they're not getting like, um, I was about to say Yeti. There's no like cultural <laughs> education what going is from. A, What is um, Chewbacca? Uh, a Wookiee. God, you've, yeah. <laughs> they're not letting Wookiees put me in the headlights there. I was like, what? How do I not know this? <laughs> what's, a, what's a Chewbacca? Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, so um, you think we'll run into another dragon? Now I want a dragon. <laughs> We're talking about Aragon. No, I doubt it. I doubt there's going to be any I, more dragons. I know this is kind of dumb, but thinking like making that dumb coronavirus joke earlier, it's kind of interesting that we haven't run into like a big disease yet. You know, that's that even if it's mm-hmm. demonic by by uh, inception, if that makes any sense, you know, like, right. Yeah, it, that seems like uh, like a very common enemy. Mm-hmm. for like it was the thing that I think it's probably because most of the time. We're not in uh, smaller or less significant locales yeah. with these characters. I guess just they go to the capital cities. They town. go, yeah. yeah. Uh, the only we did, you know, they do go by a small settlement that um, apparently has the plague in it, mm. uh, and they avoid it. But then they get in a fight with the Mars that come through, um, but. You know, uh, that's all I really get of that. It's not a story beat. It's just an example of like, it seems like so far, at least it's uh, all the monster of the day situations uh, in this book are more not monsters, but humanity, uh, which makes sense because there's a war on. Um, Yeah, those peasants sucked. They were like the worst. They always do. And that scene. They always do. Peasants always suck. (laughs) Yeah, that that, that scene (laughs) Like that almost exact scene is in every single fantasy setting, uh, you know, every single story, uh, game, movie, book, Insult whatever. Insult the underdog character. Yeah. Kick your butt and then. <laughs> right. And so, yeah, the, that sort of scene where the mob mentality of uneducated peasants being led by some religious zealot always happens in right. every single fantasy setting. Um, it right. happens pretty frequently in Geralt's story, often because he's the one being, um, you know, put to the stake uh mm-hmm. and so the yeah they're, they're stupid but the, you know they're just like 
uneducated, ignorant peasants being, you know, more or less preyed upon by this demagogue priest. And they're also refugees that have just been like run out of their homes. So they're already panicked and, you know, you know, paranoid about things. So they're, they're human too, right? Stupid yeah. humans. Right. Human. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I, uh, I think that, um, the, the last person to fill the, the jury of witches and wizards or whatever, like the sorcerer. I, yeah. I, you know, this, I'm just making this conclave yeah, of sorcerer to, to like save magic. Um, mm-hmm. because it's in, uh, turmoil right now you know it's like it's Mm -hmm. they're about to lose it all the political upheaval (laughs) and everything yeah and so yeah nobody trusts them you know Mm -hmm. and uh, so they're trying to preserve it i definitely think yennefer is going to be the 12th right like i don't think well we obviously don't know any others they told they in like they just introduced us to a bunch of new ones and Mm -hmm. all the old ones that we knew except for like one of the sorcerers we knew right the the ones that are starting the meeting, you know, that we're that we're oh, right. with them. We know them. It's Tris Kiramets, um Philippa Elhart, mm-hmm. the one who's been working with Dijkstra. Uh, and then also um what's her fucking name? Uh Margarita. We met her very briefly whenever Yennefer was going back to the school or whatever and bringing Siri with her. Uh so oh, we Mark. know all of them by name and face from the show as well i'm pretty sure that all those characters were except for kira i don't think that they showed kira in the show um but then the ones that they talk to through the portals we know some of them mm-hmm. we had never met the nilf guardian representative before for but probably a bunch of right. obvious reasons yeah yeah um i think one of the other ones like we had heard the name but i don't think i'd ever run into them but we had run into the one who's now the queen of the elves in the valley That's of flowers we knew um, one of a, a few. Of, we knew probably most of them, mm-hmm. or had Geralt or Yennefer had run into them at some point in time. Um, but then, obviously, we know Triss and Kira and Philippa. Yeah, I mean, short of like Siri <laughs> being on the council, because so, she's like young, and it's like, well, you might live through it, and like I don't know why I'm, I think that because I don't think sorcerer, I don't think the the magic people, I don't think they age like normal, so. To think of youth being the reason that they'd live. Right. <laughs> you yeah, know, that was silly. But, um, yeah, so I don't think it'll be her. You know, I don't mm-hmm. think they're waiting for her to come to the council or no. whatever. Yeah, the only one that makes any kind of sense would be Yennefer. But we because don't know her fate still, so. Yeah. Um, but for them to even be like, oh, well, what are we going to do with the final seat? You know, if it's not being offered up to one of us to find somebody from our, you know, general parties, uh, and then for Philippa to be, well, that's something we'll have to talk about when we all come back together with the other candidates. It's like kind of like, okay, so it's Yennefer then, you know, right? <laughs> for it yeah. to be left open in that sort of teasing way. And we don't know any other female sorceresses that weren't already there named uh, besides Yennefer. <laughs> um, the only other one that we know named that wasn't there is dead. Um, the former headmistress of the school. Uh, what's her name? She cuts her wrist at the end of the last book. Uh, she's the one who was Yennefer's teacher in the show and in the book as well, but we don't see it. Um, I can't remember her name. doesn't matter, I guess. Me neither. She was uh, cool, though, in the show. Yeah. I mean, she's she's fine. She's better <laughs> in the show. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so, 
It must be Yennefer, right? That's right. the only thing that makes any sense. Right. That's all I can think of. Yeah. Now, it could just be somebody else completely random, and then they explain it, and then it makes sense in a geopolitical situation. But, mm-hmm. I mean, the like way that they're dwarven. presenting it at this point, <laughs> it couldn't be anybody else. They don't have any dwarven sorceresses? No. That's a hard word. I know that's stupid to say. <laughs> sorceresses? Sorcerai. Sorcery. Oh, there well, you that's go. that's her name. So it's Siri then, not Yennefer. Yeah, I was wrong. She's the 12th. Yeah, I like how they're all connected. I mean, we don't know, I guess, that Yennefer is connected anymore because we haven't <laughs> had any dreams about her. But mm-hmm. um, I like how Siri and Geralt are connected. And, uh, yeah. you know, like they have dreams kind of seeing each other. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Siri had the dream where like she thought Geralt was getting run over by horses. Yeah. And he was just, he wasn't, right? He was just hiding. He was close. I, I he don't, almost got run over. <laughs> well, he, he gets kicked in the head. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then he passes out. Um, how quickly does Dandelion then pull him under the cart? Yeah, I guess does he, he get run over hit. by maybe one more horse? You know, he he blacks out, so we don't know. But Ooh, <laughs> rough getting run over by a horse. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather a horse than a car, obviously. But man, that's that's bad. Yeah. Is, does Geralt wear armor all the time, or just like I think maybe like a little a bit of leather? That's what I would think. Like, but that's light, about you know something that he can armor. move and travel in. Yeah, since he lives on the road, you know. You think he smells bad? I don't think anybody smells good in this universe except he for maybe. He must smell good. That must be his Witcher ability. <laughs> yeah, that's part of it is you smell good the, perpetually. That's all. why all the ladies like right. him. Like the first guy that smells I good. I don't think anybody <laughs> even smells good like after they bathe most of the time in this universe. Well, unless only they Jennifer. Have... Is, you know, she's the only one that smells like anything. Lilac like, and goose berries <laughs> yeah. or whatever. But the, I think the only reason that we know that is because Geralt's so obsessed with her that we have to hear him say it all the time. Yeah, but he makes... He makes sweet love to other people. Like you'd think, he'd I think say that, she smells like, like honey it's, and it's literally possible for people to not smell bad. But I like whenever, like whenever Milva comes back from scouting and then goes to whenever they're still on Broken Lawn and is going to go then give Geralt the news and she takes time like bathing. Mm-hmm. Like that would be a situation where there was like soap readily available because this is a safe haven. Yeah. But like whenever they just like wash off in the river they're not clean they, yeah. they just literally don't have blood on them anymore you know <laughs> yeah they're just yeah i think most of the time they're just shiny people just smell bad even if they aren't covered in dirt because <laughs> they're still just like like they didn't have soap with them or something like that so uh, only whenever they finally like whenever they're gonna go to the ball do they start smelling good <laughs> <laughs> or if they just perpetually live in these nice environments like i bet that even whenever they're like traveling like when they were doing the dragon hunt I, I don't think yennefer had time to smell good no but when she she's living in a city she bathes every day i think right yeah that's mm-hmm. the the witch code <laughs> <laughs> i think that's i think there was a conversation was at some Siri. point yeah. yeah and then there was a conversation at some point where she brought it up and then one of her sorceress friends was just like that's excessive dude <laughs> like you don't have to bathe every day <laughs> she's like but i can because i have magic yeah exactly <laughs> and she's um, also I think that she's more vain than a lot of the other sorcerers. Oh, yeah, that but makes But because sense. of where she came from, right. I think it's part of that. Um, so the the huntress girl, what's her name again? Moira? Milva. Milva. Why did I her, say her, Moira? Well, her, her given name is Maria. Oh. She's a human. Uh, but then Milva. the dryads started carding, calling her Milva, mm-hmm. which is their word for red kite, which mm-hmm. is a bird. Uh, so she's like sick, kind of, right? What? Wasn't she throwing up? No, she was throwing up. She threw up. up because she thought she had killed that man in cold blood like that. Yeah, but there was there was like a Also moment. she was hung over as fuck. Oh, see yeah. There was a moment where Dandelion like 
winked at Geralt and I was like, oh shit, she's not pregnant, is she? Because I was like, those yeah. are symptoms of like morning sickness or whatever. Yeah. But I don't think he's got... Um, I don't think so. What, how do you say... Uh, Bullets in the chamber. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, like I don't he's think supposedly he can... sterile. Right. It's supposed to be, you know, a side effect of the trial of grasses. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they were wrong. Yeah, <laughs> that would be such like a obvious like switcheroo story beat to yeah. be like, oh, girl got somebody pregnant. But I mean, it would only be Unifer. There's no way that it would be some rando. You don't think it would? It could be. Well, I mean, she's not. Also, I don't think that Geralt and Milva have been together. Uh, so. I mean, the way Dandelion kind of winked at him, he's like, "Yeah, oh. but Dandelion does that anytime someone gets within ten paces of Geralt." You know? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he's he knows Geralt better than we do, so I think they might have. <laughs> Just, I mean, she was she knew Geralt before they met. You know, in, she knew in our of story. Geralt. I thought she knew him. I thought they knew each other. Mm, just of him. The first time they meet is whenever she, well, not even meeting, but she just like sees him in the healing pool uh, there in Broken Lawn before he comes to. And then the queen of the drives is like, hey, go get information. He wants information. <laughs> you owe me still. So like they knew of each other because they were both legendary in their own right. You know, Geralt being the witcher and then uh, Milva being the one who's been saving all the squirrels. And then she was also, you know, shortly famous for having been luring uh, humans into, you know, squads of human armies into the forest to be slaughtered by the dryads. So mm. like, you know, she's got her own name as well, even if he might not have recognized her face because that's her whole thing is that she's very uh, an anonymous, uh, but not, they didn't know each other before this. Okay. <clears throat> I must have uh, misunderstood the way I read it. Cause the, the way, it sounded to me was kind of like she, maybe she just like, she's into was him. like obsessed. At this before. point, she's into him. But oh, well, yeah. Now, yeah. Now that they know each other, right? Yeah. And I'm not sure exactly where that turn happened. I think it happened. I mean, after they made love, probably. <laughs> <laughs> it, it happens uh, somewhere on the journey, but she sort of realizes that she's, can't get him out of her mind and that's why she then goes to hunt the stag that we spend several uh sub chapters mm-hmm. uh in her mind of her doing so because she wants to give him something to travel on because he just like left without even like taking like a, a lot of you know sustenance and then she finds from the elves that she runs into that Nilfgaard is on their way up north right now in a massive army and so she's like well fuck i have to go let him know because I can't let him die like that. And so, yeah. So now she's invested in him for whatever reason, even if it was only, you know, that very like sort of vulnerable interaction that they have whenever he thinks that Siri's dead because she's being an asshole and is like, Oh, well, but they're not going to find her, you know, like misleading his understanding of Mm -hmm. what the situation actually is. Um, And so I think that in that vulnerability, she then like, they both sort of like are kind of like, Oh shit. Okay. You know, now we've been open with each other and even honest about our identities because at that point she tells him his real her real name, and so you know they become close by virtue of vulnerability. But I don't think that she becomes into him until some point along the actual like road journey. Okay, so they, they didn't <laughs> sneak off and make love real quick. Nah, I haven't seen anything that would lead me to believe that yet. Where does Geralt sleep? Like on his on the ground, I on guess. The ground? Just they might have like bed rolls, but I think he's not like one of the claymore girls that like they shove their sword in the ground and then, and then lean up against it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's very bad for your sword. You shouldn't do that. Uh, it's 
just a stick. It's just a strong stick. In uh, this other book series that I read, like there was this uh, race of people that are just super talented with swords, mm-hmm. and um, they're like using their swords to like uh, chop up kindling and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the the main character is like, "Isn't that bad for it?" And the guy was like, "Why? It's a sword. It's sharp. It can cut." Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think that honestly, there's something there's something a little more to it. Like I, th- I think mm-hmm. all of their um, like they might have some like I think they inhuman some, method of forging or right. whatever. I think there's you something know. to the forgery because yeah. the, these these weapons are older than any other <clears throat> metal created right, thing. Yeah. That, and, and metal is like a common thing. They mm-hmm. basically like use magic and um, sigildry, like using putting signs and imbuing it with magic. And like mm-hmm. uh, um, they basically use that like instead of uh, like hardcore physics and mechanics and uh, mm-hmm. like that's their science, you know, and they, uh, they make a lot of really cool stuff. But uh, huh. I mean, that's that's kind of what I thought of when when they started saying how advanced the dwarves were. Like, I just started thinking of them doing mm-hmm. like advanced machinery in. Uh, yeah, they don't have any magical people, right? Like, it seems like I don't they think would, so. But... It, it so far as my understanding goes, they they don't have any magic okay. affinity. I can easily imagine a dwarf like in a cloak doing a spell, but that's probably just because. I've seen it, like in video games and stuff. But like, <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. That so, I, that I'm aware of, there aren't any dwarves in the Witcher universe that are apt to any sorcery. But yeah, that also could not be true, and I just haven't met one either in the games, the show, or the series, the book yeah, series. Yeah, that's you a know. lot. So you'd you know, think one may show up. If, you'd think you would have seen one at least in the game, if you were going to see one. Yeah, I if, if I, anywhere, yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> um, so when they were all drinking mm-hmm. um, at timestamp 4 hours, 40 minutes, and 11 seconds, <laughs> uh, Dandelion was kind of telling everybody, like, about their secret mission and stuff, and, mm-hmm. the, and Geralt was getting, like, super pissed. Yeah. And uh, and then he just, like, disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, why didn't he stop? <laughs> like, why was he just letting him talk and talk? I mean, was I supposed to get that? Like, I well, don't know I why he that, didn't stop him. Well, I mean, I mean it seemed you, like he trusted him. You everybody. can't stop Dandelion anyways. Yeah. And then certainly not when he's drunk and the people that want to hear the story are also drunk. Yeah. It's like whenever you're yeah, at a I party or something no, and everybody would... else is more drunk than you are okay. because for whatever reason you're not feeling it that night. Mm-hmm. And then you're like... Like, you see your buddy about to do something stupid and you're like, hey, calm down. But then everybody else is like, no, let him do it, man. You know? Like, yeah. Like, you okay. can't win in that situation right. no, unless that you sense. start fighting. <laughs> yeah. so, no, that's why he ghosted. He just goes to piss, and then he's just hanging out for a little bit. Yeah. And then Milva's all pouty because she's like, I'm in love with you, but Dandelion's talking about Yennefer, who you're in love with. Lo- that's probably when they made love because he's like, no, <laughs> we can just make love, and you, you'll feel like we're in love. And then that's when right. she experienced morning sickness. Because like she's immediately pregnant. pregnant. <laughs> like a week after, a week or two. This is magic It was pregnant. literally the next day. <laughs> which are pregnant. Oh, okay. <laughs> which are pregnant. <laughs> it's different. Right. Like in Twilight, vampire pregnant, it's different. Mm, okay. That was weird that that she got pregnant as a human. Well, that, that, yeah. Like I think that was because they needed to move it. the story along. <laughs> oh, for sure. So, yeah, that was... A, so they're like, okay, so uh, rather well, than waiting nine that months... Can make whatever happen. Because we need to have this finish before they finish high school. <laughs> well, it's just weird that... that uh, well, the whole thing's weird, but it's just weird that... Um, like a dead 
corpse you know like a vampire's right could has like live seed for human human women's mm-hmm. this is yeah that's stupid yeah it's well, not, I guess it's not stupid. It's, you, think the, you know, it's fake, so of course it can be anything because vampires aren't real, unfortunately. Yeah. But it's, I don't know. It's, think, it's just kind of dumb. You think, like, the evidence of ghouls will uh, come up again? Because, uh, like, they, they were saying, like, those people hanging from trees. Like, yeah, I mean, it feet, is which is like, sort of like a Chekhov's gun, but, like... Like, you don't think that the ghouls will come through town while they're trying to break As out, part of the mayhem, you know, yeah. you know, yeah, the perfect storm sort of situation that allows everything what, to be okay. That's kind of what I'm hoping but, for. Like, they kind of left us a few Easter eggs where that could be what happens, you know? Yeah. Um, like a like a blast of the uh, the guy that they let out of the casket, uh, Mildred. That's not right. Milva. Milva, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Mildred. Right. And, um, and then the uh, I think the, the most ghouls. likely thing is that the, the dwarves and Milva... Meet up with the non-Nilfgaardian Nilfgaard, mm-hmm. or you know, he meet, finds them and is like, "I, I think I can help you, everybody save Geralt. I know what to do because they don't have a problem with him." Yeah, Milva the whole time was like, "Either kill him or let him join us. He's obviously not a threat at this point." But Geralt's, you know, being he's like, fucking this guy stupid. Sucks. Okay, he's like, then kill him. Yeah, right. <laughs> and he's he's like, being no, wishy-washy and stupid. Like he's got fucking scruples, as he always calls it, but then like he never actually does anything. And he, he's just, you know, Geralt, Geralt at the same time is the dumbest character and the character that you want to fight for the most, you know, which yeah. is ridiculous. Um, it's ridiculous that I feel that way about him because usually I either am on board with somebody or not on board with somebody <laughs> as a character. Yeah. It's certainly if they're the main character, yeah. but for some reason, for whatever reason, in the way that it's written, and maybe part of my experience with the games is also tainted, or not tainted, but lent me towards him more than I would have yeah. if I hadn't played the games. Uh, but uh, I should never, not never, but the way that it's been written and done uh, puts me in a position that I would never have thought that I would be in where I both like hate the main character <laughs> and think that he's fucking stupid and kind of sucks sometimes. But then at the same time, I'm like, but he's also right almost all the time, yeah. you know, uh, or at least he's, he's on the right side of things most of the time. And yeah. so then I want to believe in him. Uh, but yeah, he's also just fucking dumb. So like, just kill him or let him join the party, not this weird half-assed bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I think he's gonna be the one that, like you said, he'll probably mm-hmm. meet up with him and help. I think that's the, the, at this or, point the most likely thing is that yeah, the, yeah. The, they get together and save Geralt, and then Geralt has to reconcile. Yeah, as much as he denies destiny, he like right, yeah. left him alive t- twice, you know, mm-hmm. and so did Siri, who is soul bound to Geralt. So like right. three times, thrice bound. <laughs> right like that's a saying from the book or something yeah so but, uh, yeah i mean maybe ghouls show up again um that'd be kind of cool we haven't experienced but it could yet. just be like a misdirection uh, well he fights ghouls in really? at some point in the uh, yeah and this uh he talks about it uh in this whenever they're going they're they going to go a different route south uh-huh. whenever they realized that they were lost following the uh, stream mm-hmm and they're like, well, what if we just cut across every time it gets in our way? And the girl's like, well, if we do that, then we're going to end up going through this one marsh that I've been through. And that wasn't fun. And that was in Sword of Destiny whenever oh. he's fighting the ghouls, but then gets uh, bitten by one and then gets saved by the traitor. And then his mom heals him. Man, I forgot all about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which okay, was. Yeah, so I and guess then after that out. was whenever he runs into Cirilla at the 
whenever she had been taken in by the farmer's family or whatever, yeah. and that's the person who had given him the ride, and he had claimed oh, the claw yeah, surprise on him. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember all that. Which it ended up being Siri was his surprise, and so that's how he gets her back or whatever, and blah, blah, blah. And that was three years ago, according to Geralt in this book. <laughs> so, um, Man, Siri's like... She's going to be the most well-rounded She's the child character. of destiny. And uh, yeah, and also she's getting all these experiences. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like you couldn't ask, like if she becomes queen of everything, like you couldn't ask for somebody that has like that right. has more world experience and mm-hmm. is more intelligent, you know? Right. <laughs> like cuz she's, she's I don't been think it ends up like schools. that. I don't think it's that kind of story where she ends up being the queen of everything. Probably not. But I think that I mean she ends up Saving the world by virtue of existing. She'll be hand to the king. But, I'm just kidding. Right. <laughs> she saves everything by... But then I think she goes and lives the life of a traveler or whatever. Like a An adventurer. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that she, she ever becomes a full-on witcher. I don't think that she goes to the trial of grasses. Why does she have... But, does she have like white hair all the time? She's got like platinum blonde hair. Okay. Because in my head... Like every time I see little pictures of her or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm like... Well, in the things. games, she's got like straight up white hair um and whenever i hadn't read the books or watched the show obviously because they didn't well i hadn't read the books up until the point that we started reading them and then the show didn't exist but in the game whenever you first see her is in the third game and you see her as an adult so uh, you just think she's a witcher yeah exactly (laughs) so that's what i immediately thought um not really knowing what's going on and then not finishing the third game so i don't see enough flashbacks Mm -hmm. and different things to piece it together fully uh, now knowing what I know, I don't think that she ever becomes a full-fledged witcher. Uh, one, because nobody knows how to implement the Trial of Grasses. And, uh, she's going to figure it all out. <laughs> she's the, I think that she's she just like ends up be just becoming an adventurer. I think that uh, something with the Wild Hunt is a big deal, uh, as we've already yeah. seen both in the books and in the, the game. The game. Uh, and so like, I think the Wild Hunt is like the doom of the world to some degree, or is like the harbinger of the doom of the world, there's also going to be like another singularity or something like that that everybody's afraid of. I think that Siri being the child of destiny saves the world from that sort of stuff just mm-hmm. by existing. And then she becomes an adventurer okay. and just like goes off and travels the world she and does full things and bangs a bunch of other ladies because nice. now she's a lesbian apparently. Oh, well, you know, everybody, once you get so famous. <laughs> just right. <laughs> um I, I wrote a few timestamps down because uh, mm-hmm. I've never really done that, but thought okay. I should. Okay. Um, the trial by sword was at five hours and thirty-one minutes. That's when he said, "Like I'll go trial by sword," and I thought that was important. And then it didn't end up being <laughs> oh, crazy yeah. important. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sort of was, but um, at five hours thirty-two minutes fifty-two seconds, they say baptism of fire, the name of the book, mm-hmm. which was like, oh, I gotta write that down. At six hours and five minutes, there's like a huge long stream of like politics when he's like getting preached to like when Geralt's getting like talked to by uh and he's talking about how like Siri's a threat to the like the um shoot I wrote it down a threat to the core army oh uh, yeah. okay and yeah uh, while they're in captive yeah, yeah exactly so like right kind of like right before right the we end. ended yeah. that's the last section but, uh, of reading but it, it I don't know it had a lot of good politics on it and I, mm-hmm. I was gonna re-listen to it if I had time just to see if I could piece some stuff mm-hmm. a little better but uh I don't know, I thought those were some pretty cool spots. The The one thing that I thought was, um, I guess I thought I'd ask, is that uh, when, when Geralt has like a dream about uh, Siri like dancing and mm-hmm. having a good time, is he actually seeing her dancing with the rats that she's with, having fun at the at that party, like or not the party, but like yeah. at, that, uh, at that bar or whatever? I'm that pretty positive. Okay, because he, mm-hmm. he knows that she's not a Nilfgaard, right? I think that... 
Or he kind of has I a think feeling, that he or maybe... believes the dream okay. in spite of himself because he's always in spite of himself. Mm-hmm. I think that he is still following the common knowledge that she's been captured and is to be made imperatrice. And it helps but, for, mm-hmm. cover for her too. If he knows that she's not there, and he's but he's still acting like the word on the street, you know, is right, law, yeah. then people would think like, oh, then Geralt he's definitely not, knows. So we're, right, yeah, because people just trust Geralt. Like, right, they're you not know, he's think almost that, always been right in every situation yeah, before. Yeah, they probably so. wouldn't go looking for her somewhere else. Right. You know? So I guess yeah. maybe in his I mind think, he could think Yeah, I think that he like sort of, of believes it in spite of himself. It's like, okay, these dreams mean that she's not there, so I need to find her somewhere else and oh, okay. save her from this life that she's leaving, leading of, you know, just murder and thievery. Yeah, because um, before, before we started talking about it, I was thinking that he was seeing the dreams and thinking that she was at Nilfgaard and like having fun mm-hmm. and that like he was, cause I wrote down earlier, um, uh, at like two hours and almost 20 minutes, he, he's like, he, Geralt has a rant where he's upset because everybody's like telling him not to go save Siri because mm-hmm. she's, you know, she's doing all these queenly things and she's having a good time. Like, you know, right, she's having yeah. a good time. She's born to be a queen, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, and he's like pissed. He's like, like, I know I'm supposed to say her. Rah. Right. <laughs> like, don't tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. I'm basically her dad. Um, so I thought that maybe that was him having like an internal conflict at the end. Like, Oh, should I even save her? She is having a good time. Like everybody's saying, mm-hmm. but after That's probably part it, of it as well. Okay, like he doesn't know the for same, sure if maybe yeah. she is there Because I think or not. he's conflicted about whether to believe the dream or not. Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't believe in... Like he believes in magic, obviously, because magic is self-evident in this universe. But he doesn't really believe in like prophecy mm-hmm. and destiny and fortune telling and any of that sort of stuff. So for him to suddenly have this unprompted dream when you know he can't do magic where he's seeing somebody and he's supposed to take that as is yeah we would Uh, believe it to be something because why would the author write it but right yeah um he i could see him Mm -hmm. not thinking like why is this dream special right but he keeps having it or very similar dream and and he can sort of feel it in himself that it must be true Mm -hmm. so i think he's like fighting that fight but then he's also fighting the logic fight of well, so she, by word of everything, has been taken to Nilfgaard and is going to be married to the, you know, uh, emperor and is going to become empress and and blah, blah, blah. And she's probably going to lead this, you know, relatively extravagant life and, you know, have a good time if blah, blah, blah. But he knows that Siri wouldn't want that sort of thing because she's an adventurer at heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he also has to have the self-conflict of caring for her. So he wants her to be comfortable and that would be a comfortable life. And the fact that he can't give her the comfortable life, right? but he is destined to her and has already tried to shirk that destiny twice and then found that he couldn't. Mm -hmm. So now, so he feels like he has to go rescue her from this thing because he's supposed to and has seen what happens when he doesn't. But it would be taking her away from a comfortable situation. So there's like, you know, it's, right. it's a multi-layered situation and, you know, internal conflict that he's going through. Um, starting with him believing whether or not she actually is there because he's having these dreams that he kind of in his gut knows to be true. Okay. So, but you don't think that he's seeing the dreams and thinking that she's having fun there. You no. think that he's having two different internal conflicts, right. like mm-hmm. the dream of if she's there or not. And then the the if she is there, which is what the word on the street is that other internal conflict of taking her away from it, being honor bound mm-hmm. to be her. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, that was that. Yeah. That helps a lot. And, um, I don't think I wrote any more notes down. 
he sang Dandelion again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it goes like back and forth. That's <laughs> weird. Like, not like in the same book, but like yeah. I think between, between books. Between books. One, one book. Because he was he definitely saying Dandelion in one of the prequels. Yeah. And then, and then in the first one, uh, I remember him saying Dandelion. Yeah. In the one section that I listened to. Yeah. Uh, when I was running behind that one day. But yeah, that's so weird. Why? Why? I don't know. It's so obviously dandelion. It's it's a well-known flower. <laughs> yeah. <I don't laughs> and it's know. spelt that way. <laughs> That's weird. I don't understand it. I would like to know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he just was thinking like no way. <laughs> no way did he I wonder also why in the English translation it's dandelion and yeah. not Yeskier. Like in the show. Right. I applaud the show for giving him his actual name. Now yeah, that I know cool. that's what it is. At first, I was like, that's an odd thing for them to change. Right. And then whenever uh, I was, like, I was talking to my coworker who knew, he was like, oh, yeah, that's actually his uh, name in the original Polish. And I was like, oh. It's like, you guys changed it first. Okay. <laughs> Why English did they people. change that to the English version? Right. That's weird. Like, this name is too not English. It's a fantasy world. <laughs> Yeah, I don't need a real name. Nobody from Nilfgaard has anything that I can pronounce. Like, right. why is it weird for this dude to be named Yaskier? I can pronounce that. <laughs> <laughs> These fucking Nilfgaardian names don't make any sense at all. They're like a weird mix between like like French and uh, like uh, like Eastern Bloc stuff. It's I really weird. I swear people were speaking Spanish in the beginning of the book. No? I, I mean, they were speaking a language that I was like, that sounds like something I swear I've heard. <laughs> they were in, well in the beginning of, of this one. Uh-huh. There was a lot. They were they were speaking in Elvish. Yeah, it sounds like Spanish. <laughs> I think it's the same. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I mean, but I did think that mm-hmm. it had like a Latin root, which is silly. To it probably mean, does. I it mean, might. Yeah. Anytime that you're creating a language, you root it off of something. Yeah, and I, I mean, think that the Nilfgaardians are primarily French inspired, uh, and root. then the. The humans in whole are, uh, well, not the humans in whole, but the northern kingdoms, the ones that we mostly deal with, are pretty like uh, Anglo-Saxon. Mm. And then the the elves, I guess if you have, if you're going to then give them a language, you've already taken Franco inspiration and Anglo-Saxon inspiration for other races. So the only thing left to be would be to go like Eastern Bloc, Germanic, Russian, or Latin. Mm-hmm. And Latin suits the idea of the elves because they are yeah. the first. Right. And so is Latin in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um. So that makes sense. I wonder what the doors would be based off of. They would probably be Russian. <laughs> right. That seems, yeah, that seems a fit. Um, how far away from a mine can you whistle? Because that was something that they said was, <laughs> was like, I don't want to go sit was, around and yeah, with the dwarves. Talking about the yeah, the current uh, leader yeah. in Mahakam is uh, apparently getting petty with his ruling. Yeah. So I was thinking, like, is that just because it echoes really loud? Right. That must be what it is, <laughs> right? That if you to were to whistle too close to a mine, you could blow someone's eardrums out. <laughs> but we all know dwarves and how they love to whistle. Right. <laughs> so... <laughs> Funny. Okay, I thought that was funny, so I wrote it down too. That must but, uh, be part of it. Okay. Well, how far away do you think you're allowed to be from McCabe? <laughs> uh, how loud can you whistle? Uh, it's a good point. I would think like... I can't whistle very loud. I can whistle pretty loud. I know you can. <laughs> um, I, I would think like, you know how they have signs now that it's like, 
Like no smoking smoke. within like 10 feet or exactly. whatever. Exactly, I was yeah. thinking 10 feet. That's probably how far you can whistle. I think sound travels further than smoke. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not that big of a mouth of a cave unless you're like whistling at the, <laughs> at the cave. <laughs> you guys, how does this sound? <laughs> are the acoustics awesome? Um, so are all dwarves rich probably? Are they all? I don't think so. Okay, not by a long shot. It seems like they all, they all have like rubies and gems and stuff in their pockets. <laughs> I don't know why. In my head, they all do. Yeah, they just they're walking around with rubies and gems, and they these this troop, this uh, Zoltan's group of uh, dwarves yeah, definitely has some stuff because okay. they stash it away at the riverbed when they lose mm-hmm. the wagon, uh, and are make a point of making sure that they can find where it is to come back. And then Dandelion talks about how he had overheard them talking that you know they they are looking towards a future of you know opening up their own you know smithery. Or, you know, blacksmith situation in a city somewhere and just being able to make their own way forward. Just trying to settle down and be a simple blacksmith. Yeah, so they must have, like, equipment and, you know, uh, materials with which to start that business. And money. Yeah, probably some, you know, yeah, some liquid capital. Yeah. You can buy some, you know, some real estate. Yeah. Get yourself a shop in Exactly, yeah, you gotta start somehow. Um, What would you want to do if you, like... If I threw you back in time and like you were gonna God. inherit a uh, like a <clears throat> like a blacksmith shop or a, mm-hmm. or like a leather tanning place or like a butchery or I feel um, like being a smith would be all around the best choice seems because like it'd be pretty good yeah because it's lucrative you know it's something that everybody needs even if you just need some fucking horseshoes yeah. Um, and then it also forces you to be uh, practicing physical fitness. That's a good point, which is not necessarily something you'd have to do. I don't think. I don't think. I guess. Yeah, depending uh, I mean, on like if I was the town baker, right? Uh, you'd be the only chubby guy in town, right? Yeah, <laughs> I think that you you're less inclined to be physically fit yeah. because you know all yeah. your work is just there in the kitchen, you yeah. know. Um, which is not an easy job necessarily, but it's not the same as smelting ore. Right. Um, and you're, you're not sneaking samples of the smelted ore. Like right, I, like yeah. I bet you're probably eating a loaf of bread or <laughs> right. at least the, cr- the crust or whatever. And depending on the size of the town, there's only one or two smithies. Yeah. Um, the, uh, there could be a couple whereas acres. if you were like, you know, a woodcutter, you're one of several dozen. Yeah. And therefore potentially replaceable. Glass blowing wasn't a job back then. Probably right. I'm sure that it was, but I don't think that it was something that was in small towns. It was probably like only in like the castle town. You know, okay, not that like, sort of thing. Um, okay, not like in a hamlet in the middle of the country, right? Yeah. Uh, unless it was just like somebody. I was who, thinking like an alchemist might live by, and and then right, and, you know. and certainly if it was like a town near a beach where sand was readily available, yeah, uh, then. You know, maybe like just on a lark, some more artistically inclined person was like, well, I'm going to cool. blow glass on the side, you know? Yeah. Uh, so maybe, uh, but I don't think that was like a, a town necessity like a blacksmith right. would be. Um, I always thought that being a uh, tailor would be a really cool job in real life even. Yeah. Um, but I think that that is an example of a more readily available um yeah, that, that would be good a good job. Back then, I feel like there's probably more than one tailor in a town, depending on the population. There's probably like... 
I just think that the think, job security of being a blacksmith is more there yeah, than some think, of these other ones. Yeah, you think a tailor would be the same as like the leather working guy, the same as like the cobbler? No, like, you don't think I that think that those are all individual. In a small town? Yeah, because with in, in the absence of machinery like we have nowadays, yeah. where you have to do everything by hand. You'd need somebody it, to make those. The time that it takes to do that sort of thing, you have to specialize. Be like, okay, I only, I only do leather working. I, I, I only shoes. have time to fuck with leather. Yeah. Uh, and the leather guy's like, I sell to the shoe guy and the the tailor. Right, yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably, probably what it is, yeah. yeah. Okay. And I think that, and, and certainly once, you know, guilds became a thing in, you know, like the, the Middle Ages, the mm-hmm. then it was set up that way where yeah. it was, you know, they, they would come together and have agreements. Okay, you provide us with materials as your profession and yeah. then we make the goods and, you know, and all that sort of stuff, you know, then becomes organized. I think like in my, in my high, like fake scenario, I was like you and you, you're like trained and then you inherit it. Uh, I think like most of the time that's in how it ends up being, I think like running a, uh, like a tavern would be pretty cool. That would um, be a, a pretty sweet job. Even though, even in one, the, even one of the, uh, like the towns that we were saying, like, even though it doesn't seem like it'd be the most, um, lucrative all year, at least, right. you know, like you'd have to wait for travel. There's so or, many factors. Yeah. Like if and, you were you know, the only inn in a town, yeah, then everybody would, comes to you for alcohol. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. Ideally mm-hmm. you'd be the inn slash like saloon thing, you know, right. Could, yeah. Uh, drink and, uh. No whoring in my salon. <laughs> but like they could drink and sleep and clean mm-hmm. up if they need to and right. uh, buy provisions for... for uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, they sell like provisions and stuff, right? Like for a journey. Like I think oftentimes, yeah. I would go talk to the baker, get the bread. Mm-hmm. I'd make my own beer. Yeah. And ales and stuff. I think it probably That'd depends cool. on... It, that also depends on the, the town. Yeah. Um, if it's a town that's large enough to have like a provisioner that... Then I doubt that the end would waste time selling goods because right, the provisioner is just going to undercut you. Yeah. So why even bother stocking that shit? Yeah, just I would just make a deal beer. with the provisioner. I'd be like, "Hey, they're already coming to my place to sleep, so you can just come in and sell them for a price." <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a uh, that that's why my tavern would go under. Um, <laughs> okay, well, um, what are you thinking? What do you think is going to happen? Um. I mean, I don't think Geralt and uh, Dandelion are going to die. No. <laughs> uh, once again, I've got the cheat code. I know who lives at least as far as the games go. Yeah. Uh, so, Molly upsetting. But then also, like, I mean, you, you don't kill Geralt and Dandelion or yeah. either of them in the third book. Uh, yeah. So, they escape or are released in some fashion. Um, you know, that much is obvious. We'll probably get Yennefer by the end, but maybe not a lot. Mm-hmm. The yeah, I, I think that Yennefer shows up at the end very likely, uh, even if only named. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever they the conclave gets back together and they decide, okay, so the twelfth mm-hmm. sorceress should be Yennefer. What does everybody think? And somebody is like, wow, Yennefer, blah 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 blah, blah that bitch, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then Yennefer like her portal opens up and is like, did somebody say Yennefer? You know, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. And uh, then, uh, do you think Siri's going to meet up with any of our? I don't think yet. Our main cast. I don't in this think book. yet. I think Siri continues to have some adventure on her own with the rats. Mm-hmm. Cool. I think so too. There's definitely a divide that happens with the rats at some point. Something happens, whether the war reaches them. Yeah, because or... it's not all dancing. 
Yeah, yeah no, a, yeah. Tough time. Something happens where they a wedge gets driven in between the rats, and uh, Siri either ends up on her own or with one or two of them or something like that. Yeah, because she does seem to have some friends mm-hmm. in, in it. So. Yeah. Cool. Hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I kind of thought anything the same. Different, anything different? No, I mean, additional? I don't really know. I uh, I don't even know if we're going to... I mean, I assume that we're going to get a big battle. I don't ha- know how Geralt's going to get out of it, other than maybe the way we... Pre- how he's going to get out of jail, you know, other mm-hmm. than maybe the way we predicted with, uh, you know, with his old squad meeting up with the guy that he saved or let survive a couple times. And then, mm-hmm. um I feel like we might get a big dream or something. Um, I kind of don't think... I feel like we might not get Yennefer in this section, which mm-hmm. would be... It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. It'd but, be a uh, bummer, but it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. I feel like we're either going to not get her or she's going to be maybe like one of the last scenes yeah. um, for some reason. Like, you called, you said Yennefer. Like, you right. said yeah, yeah, yeah. she'll be walking into the, the, the meeting of the... I feel like if we do get Yennefer, that's the only way. Right. As the small reveal that she's the 12th mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, but I don't think anything else is going to happen with them. Uh, yeah. At least um, storyline-wise, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Like, very big. Maybe they'll have a small talk, but... Uh, I don't think any of the three meet up. Yeah, this, I don't think so. Cirilla, Yennefer, Geralt, none of them see each other this book. Yeah. Aside in these dreams i mean Geralt has a new girlfriend for now so he's <laughs> fine for this book right um they may bang before the book's over but they haven't yet <laughs> it would not surprise me if they do <laughs> although at this point i think that Geralt and Yennefer are relatively devoted to each other given like the scene at the farm where they were talking on the bridge or whatever mm-hmm. it seemed like they were pretty like okay let's work through everything We've gotten over our misunderstandings that we've had with each other that we've been holding on to for the past year or whatever. Yeah. So let's move forward looking towards each other. Right. Um, obviously, everything that happened on Thanet and the war is on, so it's not like they're going to be with each other constantly. But I think that they're going to try and be relatively faithful at this point. I can see that. I, yeah. Hmm. She's also not there, so. It's true. And the author seems kind of... Like he's got Geralt fever. <laughs> yeah, the author's kind of horny, but <laughs> so um, I kind I like the chunk we read. It felt like uh like it felt mm-hmm. like a lot happened, but you know, honestly, going over it just now, I don't feel like we really missed anything as we were talking about it. No, yeah, I mean, it was uh, as far as like little story beats, not a lot really happened. It's just that there's a war on, right. and so the, a lot has to happen, and you know, just by virtue of it being a war, a lot is happening. Right. It's a big, it's a big thing. Um, so a lot, yeah, that makes that makes. There's sense. also a bit of a time skip that we get caught up on in the beginning, so you know, uh, that. Makes it feel like a lot um, because we're just getting a bit of an info dump to catch us up to the time skip that we've been through in between books. Um, even in the last like chapter of the last book, there was a lot of time skipping happening because Geralt is out cold and broke along for a while. Um, yeah, that's a good point. But, uh, you know, I think it's like like three or four weeks of a time skip in between the two books, I think. I don't, I don't know that for a fact, but it's something like that. I think he's out for a fortnight, they say. Like, out cold for a fortnight, which is two weeks. And that still wasn't enough time for his freaking leg to heal. You know? Right, yeah. So. I and know. I mean, he I, I never know how long they're on the road, either. Like, how long have they been traveling in these four chapters? Whenever they meet the the apothecary guy. Uh, that's not what they call him. But the, the guy at the, in the Barrows, uh, where they think they're going to find ghouls. 
Um, We've been he, on the road for four weeks. <laughs> he, whenever he goes out there and he's pissing, and then Milva comes out and says, "What's taking you so long?" He says, "I've been counting." He says, 12 days." Oh. So they've been. Uh, it's been twelve days since he and she left Brokelon, and I don't know how they ran into Dandelion. <laughs> Dandelion was just immediately there with Geralt whenever next time we saw him. Like he leaves Brokelon, and then we're back with Milva, and then she tracks him down. But he's already with Dandelion, <laughs> so I don't know I what think- Dandelion, Dandelion was just like. Sc- just patrolling the border of Brokelon, waiting to run into him, or what? I think Dandelion is uh, bound to Geralt. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, now that I, I take that back, because at the end, of the, not directly at the end, like the last literal thing that we see, but towards the end of the last book, Dandelion is going towards Brokelon to find Geralt because he has heard that he's there. Right. And I think that he gets captured by the Dryads. And so he might have been in one of those like skirting cities of Brokelon, Saying, hey, I know Geralt, I know Geralt, I know Geralt. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> let me see him, let me see him, let me see him. And then whenever Geralt makes ready to leave, you know, he's leaving through the border settlement of, you know, the border dryad settlement. And they're like, oh, hey, your bud's here. <laughs> <laughs> so that must be what happened. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, I, I guess since leaving Brokelon, it's been 12 days. And now since that cottage with the apothecary dude uh, I guess it's been another day, but we don't know how long he was out after the fight. I guess he was out maybe a day. Yeah, he got kicked in the head. Yeah. It couldn't have been more than like half a day, really, though. Like maybe through the night and then the Temerian army comes and clears out the Nilfgaardians and it's like morning whenever they're yeah. captured. Yeah, no, it couldn't have been that long. Yeah. So I guess we're like at Day 13 coming on day 14 since leaving Brokelon. So it's Dang. been four weeks since the last book ended. Not a whole lot. Not a lot. It's almost, <laughs> it's almost how long it's been for us. Right? <laughs> since yeah. Since book ended. Yeah, but. it's only been like a, a month and a half since we last read. So. But, yeah. Anyways, yeah, I think uh, that's about it. Yeah. Um, you guys know how to find us? Uh at ears underscore stamps on Instagram and Twitter, and then dog ears and timestamps at gmail.com. And then just finish the book. Uh, yeah. The last three chapters, five, six, seven. Mm-hmm. Um, should just be like the second half, obviously. But yeah, uh, it's about as much reading. My Kindle says that I'm uh, 51% through right now. Yeah, so it was a little bit more mm-hmm. than, <laughs> than this section. But uh, yeah, just keep reading. Um, keep up with anime. And then get ready for the fourth book. Because we're just going through. We're just going to finish The Witcher. The, yeah, the only thing that might happen is I might beg Will to give us a, a week off for a, an anime show or something so I can re-listen to all of them and get like a mm-hmm. an epic recap before the fourth book or the or the fifth book even, you know? Right, um, yeah. But other than that, you know, it, it might just be a week off. You as know? far so, as reading goes, that's what we're the, doing. Yeah, we're sticking the with The Witcher. Yeah, so, we we might give ourselves a break like Jordan just said to do something else, even if it's just a movie or something. Yeah, but um, definitely but, get the rest of the books because we're going to do that as well. That's happening. <laughs> yeah, we're it's going, going to them. happen. Be ready for it. Don't buy any other books unless you have more time to read than I do. <laughs> uh, but in any case, I'm Will Hedrick. I'm Jordan Schaffer. This is Doggers and Timestamps.